your host, Bill Real. Good morning, uh, motherfucker. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you stole my line. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Welcome to another episode of the Almost Awakened podcast. I'm your co-host, Bill. And I'm Mikkel. And we just had a blast last night going to a drag queen show. Uh, my birthday was last week, and it's the reason we didn't release an episode last week. We're still, I think, planning on the four of us getting together here at some point and having a conversation about shadow work. Yeah, I think that we really need to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's put that somewhere on the calendar for the listeners to uh, to get. I think you're going to hear some of that today because I've been thinking a little bit. You said last night, let's talk about a little bit about Pride Week and this drag show and what was going on. Um, I want to start, Mikkel, because it was in the news this week in the area we live in. We live in a religious community where about half the population is from a specific particular religion. And that religion is very uh, fundamentalist, very... Uh, orthodox. Orthodox, yeah. very Has very uh, anti-homosexual views, uh, is not very supportive of the LGBT community most of the time. And um, what happened Well, they this, say that they are. Right, yeah, they give lip service to it. Like, we love you and we want you here, but all of our rules mean you have to behave the way we want you to and you can't do it your way, uh, even though that way would be normal in a heterosexual relationship. Right. Yeah. So uh, this past week, Pride Week is this week. This past week, they put up all these banners and, and these banners are the pride flag. And did you see all this ruckus in the news? Yeah, it's it's mind-boggling. Um, it's been interesting because I didn't realize kind of how, for lack of a better word, how bad things were until I started reading some of the comments and um, the Facebook posts regarding it. It's it's pretty shocking to me. Just to explain so that anybody who's not in the Southern Utah area understands, uh, when they put up these banners, the banners were essentially the pride flag and announcing that it was Pride Week. They were all over town. And this is a very conservative town. And a significant portion of the community raised their voice in criticism that the, they didn't want these signs up. And it made all the local newspapers. Uh, it was all the conversation. Anywhere I was going, people were talking about it. And it... It is, you can just sense like these people who say like, look, I was raised to think a certain way and I've got to fight back against this. And then it was also fun to watch and, and the whole situation wasn't fun, but it was enjoyable to watch people come forward who are in the public eye, certain uh, political people within the local government who were supportive. And so it did go both ways. And I think 10 years ago, Mikkel, you would never have seen that. Never have seen that. No, you would not have seen people going back and forth. You wouldn't have seen disagreement. You would have seen this thing shut down long, long before a banner ever got put up on a light pole. So it's interesting, Bill, because I think that they were saying last night that this is only the third time that they've had pride here in St. George because of the lack of support from the community and from it getting shut down. And so it it's, to me, it's pretty amazing. And I'm grateful for people who are willing to keep pushing and keep for, keep standing up for their rights as human beings to just live and be able to celebrate. I had, I had one of the things that was just like mind boggling to me on um, a Facebook post was this woman who, who said she's tired of people shoving the gay agenda down everybody's throats. And so Kelsey and I have been talking about like, what, what does that exactly mean? What is a gay agenda? And for me, like 
my only agenda is to just live my life and be happy and not not force other people to accept my views, but why can't we just all be understanding and loving of one another? And so that comment, I, I, it makes me wonder what people think the gay agenda is. There seems to be, as a, as a, as a heterosexual who wasn't, so let me, I'm going to say this too, and, and I want to get into this. I hope you'll make maybe a moment here we can talk about this, but I've got a level of homophobia still, but much deeper. If I go years back, like deeply homophobic. And um, it feels like as a heterosexual, it feels like as I looked at this entire thing work itself out over the last six or seven years, that, that straight people who are prejudiced in their views against uh, the homosexual community, the LGBT community, that there's a sense that like, oh my gosh, all these LGBT people work together. They're behind the scenes having committees. They're figuring out how to make our life uncomfortable. They're figuring out how to push their, uh, their, their beliefs on us to push. And, and none of that makes sense. But the same could be said for heterosexuals, that there's a heterosexual agenda, agenda that, that they are trying to get us to conform to their views and they don't want to be, uh, they don't want to see us. So just go away. They're, it, there's two sides. Yeah, and I and I would stop and say too, I I just don't see at all like a network of people like like I see people band together to help an event, and then those people disband, and then the next event comes and they do something you know they band together different right. group of people with some of the same people overlapping now right. organize that event. There is no gay agenda. Being your friend and being the friends of other uh, folks within the LGBT community, what I notice. And I want to just say, like, for the one person who's listening, who is still wrestling with all of this and hasn't woken up to it, like, all of us humans just want to be treated with respect and kindness and be allowed to live our lives in the same way, even if it looks a little different. For instance, the the heterosexual fundamentalists will say, like, yeah, but they want to have sex with someone of the same gender, and that is wrong. God said so. And the reality is you get to have love. You get to have relationship. You get to have connection. You get to kiss and hold hands and go on dates. You get to have a life partner. You get to have somebody that you spend your, your most terrifying moments with and your most uh, enjoyable moments with, and that those who are LGBT just want the same damn thing. Absolutely. So I want to, you know, I'm a heterosexual, you're a homosexual. Tell me as a lesbian, tell me what your thoughts are as you see stuff going on like that, both the the pros and the cons. Like there's pushback from people who are your ally and from other uh, LGBT folks. And then you're also seeing the criticism from people who feel this need to be loyal and agree with and have been raised with these these prejudices. What are your thoughts as a lesbian as you see all that happen? Well, first, when I when I drove to work on Monday morning and I saw the flags or the, the banners up down the main street of where we live, I was so excited to see that because this area has been a community that hasn't openly supported pride events or the LGBTQ community. And so to see that driving down the street made me feel really happy um, and and. Then, you know, of course, I, I get on Facebook and I start seeing, and I didn't see the comments initially. Um, I only saw them, let's see, today's Saturday. I saw them Thursday and started following some of the, the news reports and the comments. And when I read them, I was infuriated and sickened 
And I'm not going to lie, I, I told um, Kelsey last night in going to the drag show, I was a little bit nervous, partly because I was I was shocked about how much hatred and lack of understanding there is that I, I don't want to be in a place where there's a shooting or some type of altercation because of what's happening. Does that make sense? Like, Oh yeah, absolutely. There was a, there was an older guy next to us last night. You, you know who I'm talking about. Just, I don't yeah. know who the guy was. He was just an right. older guy and he was fidgety and he kept scooting forward and like getting right into the back of our group of various people within our group of friends. And he kept um, clenching his fist. He kept moving his fingers really fast. He kept looking into his pockets. And so the whole night I'm whispering to my wife, like, I've got an eye on this guy. This guy, I'm ready to pounce on him the moment he does anything that feels like it's uh, one step further and being threatening. And it turns out uh, what I think was the case, because I overheard part of his conversation, was that he was new to the scene. He, he made a comment to the person behind him. He said, two years ago, I was a Mormon dad. And here I am two years wow. later and I'm here. And so I don't know if wow. he was gay himself in a marriage, in a heterosexual marriage, and ended up getting away from that. Or if his son came out and he's had to make a serious adjustment. But I think at the root of it, he wanted to participate. He wanted to be supportive, but he didn't quite know how yet. Um, and he also felt awkward being in a place. He kept looking around, like worrying if someone else was seeing him. Um, I, I can only imagine, you know, again, being an Orthodox uh, religious person being in this event and having to, out of love for your kid or whatever the situation may be particular to him to make that adjustment and, 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 you know, kudos to him for doing it. Right. And, and it's interesting, Bill, because I even had a little bit of, um, concern about who might see me at that type of environment because of my, um, my job or the position that I hold that somehow that could be used against me. Um, and, and prevent me from either getting advancements or um, having the job that I have. I ran into one of my students last night and it was a little unsettling. Um, she was super nice and, and gave me a hug. But when I initially saw her, there was some like, oh, I don't know. I, I, ooh, a little bit of nerves. Ooh, I, and I know there was a radio personality there who's well known in the community. There were at least two teachers from the local schools who were there. Um, I think as we all as, as a human race move into letting go of our tribalism and recognizing the value and the normalcy of diversity, uh, I think we're all having to kind of make those shifts and adjustments. And I'm just, I'm proud of the people because I feel the same way you do. I do not, I don't feel that anymore only because I'm, I'm isolated. I'm isolated that I'm only around people who are supportive of the LGBT community. And hence, I don't feel any pressure. But I understand those who do. And at one time, I felt that. Uh, and I'm just grateful for like the, the well-known people who lean into it and make it easier for, I guess, the rest of us, whatever our station is, makes it easier for the rest of us to go like, oh. And I was thinking about this last night. Just the fact of a man dressing up like a woman and dancing and strutting and walking with confidence, I, I notice that the women gravitate towards that. The, like my wife and some of the other women in our, in our friend group, and I saw other women in there that night gravitating towards it. I think it's empowering. I think when somebody sees somebody who's really different and they just rock it and they just exude confidence, I think the rest of us who have 
have had life impose shame and judgment on us suddenly go in our heads somewhere deep inside. We're like, if, if they can do that, then fuck it. I can do it too. Right. It just gives you permission to be who you are when you see someone else being who they are. Um, I was fascinated last night by um, one of the drag queens. Her name was Veronica. Did um, Her talent was to sing and dance to the song by Taylor Swift, I'm the Man. I think that's the name of the song. But it's something about, um, like, we, we live in a world where... For a long time, men got to make a lot of the decisions and and decide what was appropriate for women and what we got to do and what we what we couldn't do. And so to see this drag queen up on the stage lip syncing to like, no, fuck it, I'm the man. But she's dressed as drag was just so amazing to me. I just was I just loved it. I loved it. She was, was my favorite. Yeah, I was deeply entertained. My favorite was Papa Cherry. <laughs> and it was it was a female popper cherry a, yeah popper cherry popper cherry p o p p e r or p maybe p a p p a it was one of those two but it was popper cherry uh, or papa cherry it, but either way it was hilarious like she's it uh, was so it was good a, it, was a, it was a female uh, dressed as a male um, and I'm trying to think of like the look it's like long greasy curly black hair. And like a porn stash and, uh, and tight black pants and a black jacket and a red undershirt. It was just, and a tie on. Uh, it was so cool. The, the night was super entertaining. Um, let's, do you mind if we talk for a minute about my homophobia? No, let's talk about it. So I worry, like I'm, I'm worried someday we won't be friends because I won't, I won't <laughs> overcome this fast enough. So Bill, we're always going to be friends. Okay, I, I'm glad. I, I went to a conference four years ago. And I had just really, four or five years ago, really kind of flipped the switch. You've kind of come out? Yeah, being almost awakened. (laughs) Coming out (laughs) of the rigid wanting to believe and thinking that my religion was the only true religion on the earth. And as I left that mindset, I went to this conference and this transgender friend of ours, uh, Kimberly Anderson, Mm-hmm. walks up to me and she sits to me. And I, th- I think you know this story, but I'm telling it more for the listeners that she sits next to me and she goes, Bill, Bill, I'm so grateful for your work. I'm so grateful for what you do. I'm so grateful that you're an advocate. And I said, stop, stop. You're, you're, you're um, causing some, uh, some feelings inside me because that, that conversation is a layer away from honesty. I said, Kimberly, um, I'm, I'm homophobic. Um, I'm transgender phobic. And I do what I do because I know I'm wrong. And I do what I do because I know those beliefs were ingrained in me by, by parents and by uncles and aunts. They were ingrained in me by a culture. They were ingrained in me by kids at school. They were ingrained in me by the movies that I watched. It was ingrained in me. And I realized that's wrong. And I do what I do to protect you from people like me. And it stopped her in her tracks and it, and it, um, it made it clear, like, okay, I, I, I hear you because I think we, we often assume like I get, when I say I'm an ally, I get to now pretend like I don't have any homophobia. And as I was at this drag show last night, there was a point where there's this man who's dressed up like a woman. Um, and he, he looks good. Like he looks mm-hmm. good. He's dancing. They he's strutting. All looked yes. Good. Oh, they all did. And, it, and again, I, I could not have been entertained anymore. This, this man dressed like a woman is making his, his way to the front, her way to the front. And, uh, and that's the thing too. I'm having to learn to try to figure out what others want to be 
labeled called, and called. Their yeah, yeah. And to be sensitive to that and to try and figure that out before I open my stupid mouth. So this person <laughs> walks to the front and people are putting dollar bills uh, in her pocket. People are putting uh, dollars in her hand. And my wife, 10 minutes earlier with a different performer, puts a dollar bill in her mouth. And the person does this real sexy part of the show where they, they come up and just grabbed it right out of her mouth with their mouth. And, uh, and so she makes her donation that way. And you guys challenged me to do it. I, and, yeah. Yeah. And immediately it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. And it's not about being seen. I don't care about being seen doing it. Um, and I want to make the excuse. I want to make the excuse that dollar bills are fucking dirty, which they are. They're, they're, it's just nasty. Like it's good for your immune system. There's Bill. fecal matter helps, from other human beings. There's the sweat of people's balls. Boost your immune system. Look, I I wash my hands when I use the restroom. Most of us common decent human beings do <laughs> just, that. Just spray hand sanitizer in your mouth. That's it. Just spray hand sanitizer in my mouth. Maybe I could brush my teeth, but then other people have used my toothbrush too. So I I, I bought you a new toothbrush for your birthday. <laughs> Yeah, it has a giant cock on the end of it. <laughs> so that runs right into the problem we're talking about. So you It's guys a good dare... way to help you overcome your, your problem, Bill. <laughs> okay, I'll use it as a floss stick on the other end. Um, <laughs> so you guys dare me, and I want to blame it on the dollar bill's dirty, and it really is, like, let's be honest. Um, and so I'm sitting there for this 10-second window going, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. And it suddenly hits me like, you know what? I can fucking participate. You can. I can get involved. I, I can show mean, love and validation, and it doesn't mean I'm gay. It doesn't. And that's the it, fear of us heterosexuals. If we no, play along, God. people assume we're gay. That's dumb. And, and that is stupid. And it's and it's it's it is stupid. So, so going the the other direction, if people see me hug you and hold your hand and be close to our other male friends, does that mean I'm heterosexual? Are people going to think that I'm heterosexual? Uh, it certainly means that people are open to telling stories in their head about okay. what that means. I know. And that's, that's what I have to get over. And so I'm, I'm at, going on the way home last night. Because, Bill, the thing is, is people are going to tell a story no matter what you do. And so why not give them a really fun, interesting story? Right. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, if I participate, it doesn't affect one jot and tittle of my life. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't. So well, it does because you yeah. you are preventing yourself from having connection with me. other people, and you are stopping yourself from seeing them for who they really are. Yeah, it changes me, and it changes their level of validation they get from me. Yep. Fuck. So, folks, I guess we are doing shadow work today. <laughs> so no, I just but, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to jump into a, another topic of shadow work, but finish your story. Yeah. So I, I sat there going like, you know what? I can fucking participate. Um, and I did it to a lesser degree. I'm, I still feel a little bit of shame from that, but I really do think dollar, dollar bills are fucking dirty. I mean, literally there is people's fecal matter. Like there's know, nothing but dirtier. I know, that as an excuse. There's like, nothing you touch, dirtier. I know. <laughs> you touch so. all kinds of things and then eat food. <laughs> So <laughs> eat my bologna sandwich with extra mustard. Yes. Um, so I ended up sticking dollar bills in the person's pocket and I, I tried to be I playful with that. it. And I, you know, somebody asked me, would I, would I dress up like a woman and do the drag queen dance? I'm actually, that's less of an obstacle for me. Um, that's weird. I don't, yeah, I don't know why, but that's less of an obstacle for me. The biggest issue was the performances were so well practiced. Like they were damn good at them that I just don't want to put that much time into knowing every line to a song and move and creating a hundred <laughs> dance moves. It just, but here's the thing, Bill, you already know at least one song word for word. And all you would have to do is put on a costume 
and do your little jig that you normally always do. My jig is pretty lame, though. <laughs> but people would love it. Okay, well, maybe, maybe. I, I would be open to bringing that up next year. Okay, so, next so when year. We, we got to talk about it now so we can plan all year. Oh, I got to. That's right. I can't fucking work out a, a week before it starts. And, <laughs> no. And nail it. It's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Take us somewhere else. Uh, so I, we've been, we've been talking, you and I have been talking, and you didn't answer my question when I Marco Poloed you the other day. So we're going to talk about it today. Let's one do of it. The th- one of the things that I've been sitting with lately is I, I've been an ass. I've treated other people poorly and I've really been thinking about why the last couple of weeks. And, and part of it is there's been some experiences that we've shared with, um, kind of our core group. And I think that that level of connection and intimacy makes it easier and safer for me to interact with them. And it makes it easier to exclude other people. And I, as I've sat with it and thought about it over the last couple of weeks, like that's not okay. And, and how I've treated people hasn't been okay. And I, I recognize that I, I'm not as good of a human being as I think that I am. And that I, it's okay to be uncomfortable with new people. There's, that doesn't mean that I can't lean in and allow them to have the same space that everyone else gives me to be who I am. Yeah. So. Mm. Um, I, th- I think we're all doing this and, and there's even small examples. So we talked before about we're, we're getting feedback from folks who know us and who aren't uh, who aren't in as many experiences as some of our friends are, and they are expressing that it's hurtful that we talk about this close knit group and that they're on the outside of that experience. And and in the beginning, I mean, I knew that existed, and, and in the beginning, I'm like, we all kind of have a right to do life our way. And, and I wanted to justify it. And, and you right. said like, no, we gotta, we have to apologize. Yeah. Um, and I'm still kind of coming to terms with that, even as we're sitting here having this conversation. And so I'm, I'm going to lean into that and I'm going to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I can see the hurt it causes. You see the hurt it causes. You brought it up. Um, and, and it's f- like, that was never my intent in the beginning to hurt people. I didn't no. realize how deeply it was affecting right. other people. And, and it does, like I've sat with it and I, I'm still trying to let go of how shitty I feel. Um, but I recognize that, that everybody else has given me space to be who I am. They've loved me. They've accepted me. You know, I don't know what goes on after we, we leave our interaction, but as far as I can tell, they've, they've all given me that space. And I've given space, but not to the same extent. I haven't been as open and as accepting and as loving and and as willing to let new people into my space as other people have been willing to let me into theirs. And I, yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm really, really sorry. Yeah. And, and I, oh, so maybe I'm being more of an asshole here as I kind of lean into this conversation. So I, I'm sorry too. Obviously the way in which you and I articulate this, this journey with others has to change. And so we're going to make an intentional effort to change and shift how we articulate these experiences and the people that are in them. And I, but I want to stop there. And I also want to say, like, let's do better. Let's do better at um, giving people 
space to be themselves and to be accepting of, of others. And at the same time, I just want to say too, like, here's where I'm being an asshole still. I want to say too, like, there isn't a way, there isn't a way, there just isn't a way to include everybody. You can't. And so part of doing this human thing naturally comes with the shittiness, no matter how good you are at it. And there is a much healthier way to be at it. But even as you're healthy, like if you hold, you, you still have the freedom to call up your, the, the six people you want at your house that night to come over for dinner. Um, and, and so I'm trying to figure out, like, I think you just live it. You just live it. And you don't, you don't talk about it. And you don't talk about it in a way that makes anybody feel less than. Right. Um, and if you want to reach out to somebody individually and make them feel better, like you want to reach out and say, man, I just appreciate you as a friend. Damn it, please, by all means. But then you but you don't get to rub that in other people's faces. Right. And and so we've got to figure out because even in its healthiest form, people I'm still left out of experiences, you're still left out of experiences. We talk about this all the time. Um, it's still going to happen. There's no way to fix that entirely, but we can certainly do better in the way that we use rhetoric and articulate the the ideas behind it. And I think the the intent of why um someone may or may not be invited is is key too um so i yeah that. i agree i agree um we we do it as humans we've been taught since we were little kids to make jokes and to make fun um you see adults throughout your entire growing up ridicule and shame and marginalize others and it become it's normalized it's part of evolution it's how we we bind together and establish our roles, and yet we just do so much damage. Yeah, it's it's even interesting. Um, those there's memes on the internet about uh, people from Walmart, you know, people who who've got these crazy outfits on or just things hanging out that normally wouldn't be hanging out. These are the people. And even when I see those, I'm I'm lately becoming more aware of, like, that's a human being too. And I should hold enough love and respect in my heart for, for differences to not laugh at something that someone else chooses to wear. Um, and part of that comes from, you know, growing up and, and being in a home where people were shamed and ridiculed that looked different. And so I... I I really, I really want to be a good human being, and I really want to give people the space to be who they are, and um, that includes not mocking anyone that's different than me. I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast last week, and they were talking about psychedelic drugs. They were talking about mushrooms and cannabis, and as they were, as Joe Rogan was having the conversation with his guests, which I think. I think this episode was Graham Hancock. As they were talking about it, they said, like, being a human being and experiencing consciousness is fucking weird. It, like, it, we're doing the strangest thing there is. No other animal on the planet is doing this consciousness thing the way we are. And that we have normalized it. There's a whole spectrum of behavior. And those of us who just so happen to behave in a way that falls into the way the most of us do it, 
we get to say like, oh, I'm normal or somewhere near normal. And then anybody who's born doing it a little different than that, we say that's odd. And anybody who does it way different than that, we like, that is just fucking weird. And the reality is like, we're all doing this weird thing of living out a consciousness in this living piece that came out of a part of this flying rock from 10 billion years ago. And, and he says like psychedelic drugs are good for people who are, are using them because it helps them to sense how fucking weird this planet is and us being humans on it, that it slows us down and makes us question the, the, the arbitrary constructs of our society and begin to challenge and push back against the, the standards that we've set over time. Right. And I think that also Kelsey and I are watching a Netflix series called The Mind Explained and it talks about Ooh, psychedelic drugs. Oh, it's good. And and the other thing that I've noticed that they talk about too is that psychedelics help you um, in some ways like drop your walls, but you, you realize your interconnectedness. And I, I can't remember if it was on the show or if I was talking to somebody else, but they were they were saying like you're you're breathing air that someone else's breathed and that's kind of really gross but also you You really notice it though when someone farts oh when when, when someone farts you're like i'm breathing in their ass air (laughs) their ass Uh, air is in my mouth right now it's stuck to the roof of my mouth (laughs) i usually try not to think about it that way but i guess that's a really good point that we're all interconnected and breathing in each other's chemicals and excretions yeah and yeah Cells. I mean, I mean, the guy right. who makes you dinner at the restaurant, whether you like it or not, the cells from his hands are on your food. Right. And from the air that he breathes, there's little yeah. droplets and yeah. you're eating that. Oh, man. you! I'm going to go in my room and never come out. <laughs> that is gross. You're now the bubble boy? Yeah, I'm the bubble boy. Now I want to be the bubble boy. I want to be John Travolta. Well, you, <laughs> you, by doing that, prevent yourself from other types of connections. So I guess that's what you want. No, I don't think so. So yeah, so you're right. Like we are, we're all sharing this planet in very concrete ways uh, and very subtle ways as well. And, and man, just to be respectful of these other humans who are doing this thing the same and specifically doing it differently. It's easy to accept people when they do things the way you do things. Right. It's easy to accept people when they are similar to you and like the same experiences. But that's bullshit. It is. It's complete bullshit. So um, I'm committing to do better. How about you, Bill? Uh, I'm going to commit to do better as well. And so the secret is to make, to, to be less humorous about people's differences. You see humans doing this thing differently and all humor, all humor makes fun of something. It's why things are funny. If you listen to a stand-up comedian, go turn on David Chappelle's Sticks and Stones that just came out. Every joke is both offensive to somebody in the audience and funny to almost everyone else. Um, that's the way humor works. And I don't know that us humans are ever going to get away from being funny. We have to be more careful about the things we choose to be funny about. Right. We can we can choose to be less hurtful about the things that we think are funny and be aware of our own prejudices and biases and those kinds of things. Um, but like we can joke around with each other. You know, you and I joke around and I'm not necessarily making fun of somebody else. I might be making fun of, well, okay, I'm making fun of you. Yeah, but but I think generally when you respect people and love people and value them, the jokes you make might be about their particular behavior. Maybe they tripped and fell and they, you know, they were okay. They're not hurt and they get up and everybody chuckles. 
but they're chuckling because we all trip and fall. Right. Um, when the jokes are saying like, ha ha, we all do that. Isn't that funny? This strange human thing we do. I, I think that's one thing. I think it's another thing when we go, that person's weird. Ha ha ha. I'm better right. than them. Right. So, so for me, that's the, that's how you, that, that's how that's you the, make the difference. Yeah. Um, my birthday was this week. We went and got an Asian massage. You told me about that. Yeah, it was, it was weird. We, we drive <laughs> well, to Vegas. Vegas is weird on its own. You didn't tell me about it. <laughs> okay. Who told you? No, no, no. Who told you about this Asian massage? Oh, is this different than the this other one? This is a different one. This is my couple's massage oh. on my birthday. So we go to the link. We go to the, the link to stay for in Vegas. And on the way there, I had arranged for me and my wife to get a couple's massage. And you never know what you're going to get when you go to Vegas. You just, you don't know what's going to happen. It's part of the fun of going to the Vegas. Going to Vegas is that some strange shit's going to go down and, and you have no clue beforehand that it's going to happen. And so we go to this... Uh, Asian massage parlor. And what it essentially was, you walk in, there's a front desk and we check in and they immediately take us back to this giant open warehouse. And I'm already going like, I've never had a massage like this. And we haven't even started to have one human being touch the other. And so we go to this warehouse and they have all these cabanas (laughs) set up and the lights are down, down dim. And there's a ton of Christmas lights all over. And so I, I lay down on what is like a three foot long table, massage table, but that only holds like my torso and above. <laughs> and then there's like a little ottoman where you put your legs on. And then there's like this two and a half foot space between your Bill. calf and your waist. <laughs> there were some obvious clues that you did not pick up on. Okay. And what were they? <laughs> three foot table, <laughs> warehouse, <laughs> Christmas lights. Uh. That should have given you a yeah, sign. But I was in Southern Utah when I paid for this on Groupon. It was a great deal. It was a seventy-six. <laughs> well, that's the other problem. Seventy-six bucks <laughs> for two people to get a ninety-minute Asian massage. So, Did you get ninety no, minutes? No, we we got forty-five <laughs> minutes each. Um, they massaged us and sent us on our way, and we got out to the car and turned our phones on because we didn't want them. We didn't want to be disrupted during the massage. That was rude. So we turned our phones back on, and we noticed it's been forty-five minutes. So they didn't touch my junk. They didn't touch my wife's junk. At least she didn't tell me they did. Um, (laughs) So it wasn't like a happy ending or anything. But but the massage was really good. It was just weird. There were people in the cabana right next to us. Some guy moaning. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's gross. And then on the other side of the cabana were some employees or customers talking in in some language. I didn't understand some Asian language and uh, my massage therapist shushed them. And, and I'm using massage therapist that term loosely. So I don't know if they actually have any kind of like license or training, but even without training, a massage oh, is pretty damn good. That's funny. Bill. Good. Birthday was a ton of fun. There was a, a great band playing at the link. They were doing a bunch of cover songs and they were just sexy and fun to listen to. Uh, we went to a wax. Yeah, museum. You sent us a video. Did you like it? Yeah, it was the good. The music is so much better in person. It doesn't do it justice. I listened to the video of that on, on, on that I sent you guys, and it, it just wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't represent what I experienced. That was a super fun weekend. Kelsey and I had gone to uh, Mesquite with some other friends. Ooh, yes. And that was a blast. We played bingo. We got shushed when we played bingo. Um, never played bingo before, and I mean, not that way. You sure you didn't and go all so the way to Vegas and play bingo in a warehouse? Because... Maybe that was the lady who shushed you. 
<laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. No, this was an older lady. Older lady. They're like legit serious about yeah, bingo. bingo. So you, you do don't not. Bingo. Don't fuck with their bingo. <laughs> so <laughs> that was fun. Kelsey helped uh, one of our friends make like 15 bucks in a penny slot machine. And then uh, the we all went to the dance floor and I'm not a great dancer and I didn't feel like dancing. So I was sitting on the sidelines talking to two of our male friends and uh, the girls were dancing and and then some guy flipped me off and left. And why did some guy give fun. you the finger? Because I I was I was mocking. I'm going to be honest. Um, he was sitting on the sidelines a little bit away from us. And when the girls were up dancing, he did this really weird slow clap like <laughs> mid song. The song was still going. The girls were dancing. He did this slow clap. So the other two guys and I were like, that's weird. Why would he do that? And um, the next song comes on and he gets up and starts doing his thing. And so being an ass, I slow clapped and he was offended by that, flipped me off and left. Yeah. See, that goes back to our shadow work, doesn't it? Like what we talked about earlier. We've got to not do those kinds of things. And and I'll be honest, you weren't being very subtle then either. (laughs) (laughs) Well. So we got to get better at it. I wasn't. I was, I know. I like... These last couple of weeks, I am really realizing what an ass I am, and I'm I'm working on it. I'm not going to be perfect at it. I'm still going to fuck up, but I'm trying. Yeah, I think we're we're all assholes. We're all we're all doing this shitty stuff. Um, I don't see other people doing it as shitty as I am, though. We I don't I don't know that yeah except we, you I, yeah I don't I don't know that we ever. It goes one of two ways. We either see ourselves as doing it shittier than everyone else, or we tell ourselves a story that we're doing it better than everyone else. And I don't think either one of those are true. I think we're all doing it pretty shitty. Yeah. I, I wanted to talk something else that happened this week. And this is this is where I'm really going to embarrass myself and I'm just going to lean into it. I, again, this religious system I grew up in taught a very rigid view of sexuality. I thought you were going to call me out on something I wasn't ready no, for. No, 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 no. I'm going to call myself out, and then we can talk about it. <laughs> okay. Um, I can Masturbation. Our, our system deeply frowned upon any kind of sexual yeah. expression with yourself. Yeah. And yet we all know, like, everybody, at least all the males, it's, all the males are touching themselves, and like three quarters of the women are doing it. And it's interesting, Bill, because this is something that I learned later in my adult life, that, that masturbation to a certain extent, is healthy and normal. It's important for people to understand how their bodies work, what makes them respond, and to have that self-awareness and self-appreciation. And that was something that, one, I was never taught, and number two, that I didn't really fully understand. Yeah. And and, and amen. Like, that's the, I, I say it the same way. Like, I feel the same way about that. And me and my wife are laying in bed. She just started her period. And it is... It is actually yesterday morning, and it's our anniversary. Happy and anniversary. So she, yeah, 22, 22 years. 22 fucking years. 22, 22 years this woman has put up with me and sacrificed so much to, to our relationship and uh, just love her to death. Amanda, she listens to the podcast as soon as it comes out. So there you are, baby. I know. I love she's you. amazing. I love her. She is. And we're, we're laying in bed, and we've, we lived in a world for 20 years where masturbation had tons of shame. My wife had never masturbated. And um, I had, but always had secretly, you know, I started doing that shit when I was 12 years old. Right. And doing it secretly and it being shameful. I didn't want, you know, if, you're, if your parents caught you, if, you're, if your wife walked in on you, like, like all of that is super embarrassing. And there's judgment. 
um, from the other the other person in the relationship when these teachings are are, are rigidly in our in our the ground we hold. And so it's our anniversary. We're kind of flirting and t- talking and having a good conversation. And uh, suddenly I bring up that, you know, maybe I could masturbate right now and, and we could just keep flirting with each other. Um, and I don't remember exactly how the conversation went, but I immediately felt shame. And I, and I didn't feel shame because of anything she was doing. I felt shame because of what, she, what how she had behaved in the past. Right. And I wasn't measuring her by that. Like I acknowledged like, hey... You do it differently now, but this is 20 years of being triggered by this stuff. Right. And it ended up, the whole experience ended up falling apart um, and, and nothing happened. We ended up just getting up, getting in the shower and going to work and kind of being hurt a little bit in the experience. Um, doing this stuff, this shadow work shit, it requires some real honesty. It requires real vulnerability. I mean, here we are sitting here talking to thousands of people, and and I'm admitting that while the rest of the audience is doing the same thing, they're also going like, ah, I wouldn't fucking say that on the air. Um, t- to deal with this stuff, though, somewhere, somewhere, right. whether with a therapist or whether you know on a microphone with thousands of people listening, we got to start talking out loud about this stuff, right? So we can figure out better ways to to I don't know to do this human thing. So I. I have never masturbated myself, and I'm still working through a lot of that myself. Um, we had some friends uh, for our wedding give us a vibrator, and it's like, okay, I lied. I did try one time when Kelsey was on her backpacking trip. Yeah, but you needed to get through that. Like, that was Ugh. a long week. It was a long week, but it didn't, like, the experience was not what I had anticipated, and I... There was a lot of shame and guilt that I worked through and still I'm working through because like like you said, we just grow up in, in this religious system that shames it and judges it and we're never taught like what's okay and what's not okay as far as sexuality goes. And um it's it's interesting. It's interesting. At least, at least you broke up the monotony. Yeah, but I still don't like <laughs> We still, we still, neither Kelty or I um, use use the vibrator, and very often, I mean, if we do, it's like for two seconds, and then we're like, okay, let's let's just use each other. Um, so it's it's interesting. I don't know how you get through that other than to just keep leaning in and trying and having conversations. Um, but it's not a conversation that Kelty and I have very often, and it's definitely not a conversation we have amongst our friends very often. No, I, I will say to the audience, if you're wanting uh, advice or recommendations on a good vibrator, my suggestion would be the Hitachi Magic Wand. And the thing looks like, it, it looks like the least sexy toy in the entire world. Um, but this thing works magic. And, and I think the secret for us, I mean, my wife and I, the secret was at some point we both agreed to try it. And she had really good experiences with it. And by having really good experiences, suddenly you go like, I'm going to let some of this bullshit that I have been taught get set off to the side um, while I have just some really good fun with my husband. Hmm. Uh, So part of it is just kind of overcoming some of... uh, some of some of the the things that have been ingrained in us, but through positive experiences, if we had a negative experience, and then it might be a different story. Maybe we back off and we don't do some of those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't have a good answer except I guess we'll just have to lean in and keep trying and keep talking about it. 
Um, Pride Week. What other things kind of are you know? What other kind of things are you thinking about, or other events that were going on, or other maybe things that uh, have happened in our community over the last week? Um, So there's a there's a get together in the park today, kind of a family oriented event. There's booths and different activities. We took the kids last year, and they had face painting, and they had um, some games. My kids loved one of the games. They had um, donuts tied to a string hanging down from a tent and the kids had to try and eat the donut without using their hands. They thought that was a blast. They got glaze all over their faces and um, they had rock painting and a couple, like there was just other activities. And so we're going to do that today. We're going to take the kids down. Um, I'll be honest, last year I wasn't super impressed, but I think that the more we support these types of events, the bigger it'll get. And it's important that my community knows that they have my support. And so we're going to go to that tonight or today. And then I think there's a, a DJ dance party tonight, right? Yeah. And, and Amanda and I had talked about going, I don't know who, you know, who's all going, but we, we were interested. Um, we went to an event this week that was just a picnic in the park. I know uh, we missed that. And we went and uh, some other friends uh, that we didn't expect to be there were there and we ran to them and we're talking to them it, it I'll, I'll say the same thing. And I don't mean this as any knock. If anybody's listening who put together Pride Week, right. man, I'm grateful. I you guys have are nailing it. it. No, no, you're yeah. nailing it and you're improving it every year. And, and it's not it's not what you're doing. It's that we it's not enough people yet are supporting to, it. to feel like it's just dramatic. And, and we're getting there. And, and like you say, we live in a community where finally for the last three years we've been able to do it. Those who have organized this are doing a beautiful job. It's, they this are. is no, no knock on them. But we get there and... Um, there's, it's just not as big of a crowd as I, I want these things to be. Um, but it is growing. It's much bigger than it was last year and bigger than it was the year before. And it, But I, like you say, I want to be supportive of it. And so we sat, we had a little, uh, got some uh, Mexican food from the food truck. And we sat down with some folks that we saw there and had a good conversation. They had axe throwing. They had the face painting. But the coolest thing they had there, Mikkel, they had a wardrobe. And it was uh, female clothes, male clothes, and they encouraged the kids to come up and just just dress however they wanted. No, no manipulating, not telling them what to wear. No judgment or shame by telling them they can't wear that, and just letting these these kids, these uh, young people, so gravitate whatever direction they want to gravitate. That that would be considered um, a gay agenda to someone outside. Because boys are boys and girls are girls and they need to be a certain way. Except that here we are in 2019 and the science and the data and the evidence point to an entire spectrum of gender and sexuality. And while, while the orthodox fundamentalist people are going to harp on that, the reality is that we are all different and there is uh, a segment of our society who uh, their normal behavior is to not want to do things the way the rest of us are doing it. It was my favorite part, I think, of the drag show last night was at the end, um, one of the Southern Utah Pride organizers, um, I think his first name is Steve. He, you know, he was he was thanking everybody for coming. And he said, I you know, I want to make you aware there are some protesters outside and he said, I don't want anybody to interact with them. This is, a, this is a place of love. We are going to love everybody, even those that disagree with us, even those that are different from us. So let's not make 
some let's not make drama, let's not cause problems. Let's just be who we are and let them be who they are and and love them but not cause any altercations. I that I think that was my favorite part because so often like my natural my natural response is I want to defend. I want to try and help people understand. I want them to see my perspective and they're not. They're not. So he's right. We just have to love. Yeah, we we want people to change and and we are all changing. But the reality is uh, the far and wide majority of the population, 80% or so, isn't going to change their mind even if the evidence is overwhelming that their perspective is wrong. And so what has to happen essentially is that we keep leaning and pushing towards people following the evidence, following the data, and then old people die and young people are born and the young people are raised in a culture that now has a a more direct voice to that data and that evidence and and minds change not not because an individual minds usually change but because generations change over time it was also really cool we've got some friends that live um near us and their son is getting ready to go on a mission for their for their church the you know they've left the religious system but some of their yeah, kids but, are, but their kids still goes and they put up a pride flag in their yard this week and it's been knocked down a couple of times and um our friend was telling us that their their son that's getting ready to go on a mission received a text message from one of his friends saying like hey dude why do you have a pride flag in your yard and he was like because we we love them we support them and the friend was like it's wrong it's not okay and their son was like, dude, they're they're born this way. Would you choose to be born this way? And if you were, like, what would you want to happen? So it was really cool for me to hear that story um, because this is a kid who, who believes in his religious system and the religious system teaches him something different than what, what he personally believes. And to see him stand up for people in that way to his peer... It's beautiful. It's amazing to me. And I, I'm super grateful for people like that. Yeah. And that's growing. That I mean, the young people today are so much more accepting and loving of diversity, so much more welcoming of diversity, so much seeing value and gifts in diversity. This world's changing. Whether whether the the fundamentalist, again, orthodox believers of various religions come on the ride with us or not, doesn't matter. It doesn't. The world's moving that way. And in a hundred years, people will look back on those folks with with like, wow, I can't believe we messed it up. I can't believe we messed it up then and that we it took this long to get it right. Yeah. I, I saw a quote that I posted on my Facebook page that has been like percolating in my mind the last little while. It says, and I don't know who said it, um, but it says, I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change. I am changing the things I cannot accept. There you go. I, oh, that's good. I, I love that. I love that. And, and I think that goes to this idea in development that people in later stages of development, they stop investing so much emotional energy into all the wrongs of the world and they stay focused like a laser on the things that they can impact. And they realize that that humans have been doing this shitty evolutionary human behavior moving from from one good or bad thing to another good or bad thing and slowly, collectively moving into some level of healthiness and getting better at it. And and as humans, um, oh, I just fucking lost my train of thought. 
it'll it'll come back around. Oh, the, the later stage of development. So as as people do this shitty thing over tons of time, people in later stages sense the amount of time, the expanse of time that has happened before and is going to happen after. Like if a meteor doesn't hit this planet, us humans are going to be doing shitty stuff for a thousand more years. And in the process, and maybe thousands and thousands of more years, in the process of that, you sense like, oh, it doesn't do any good to have a heart attack stressed out over where we are today and where we need to get to. I just need to do my part. And I just need to realize like, it, this is a, this is a, a movement that will take so much time that I'm not going to get to see all of it. And I just get to impact places in my own sphere of influence. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for me a long time, um, for a long time, when, especially when I was in my religious system, I didn't really feel like there was anything I could do to, for, to impact change or to make a difference in the world. Um, and I'm realizing now that if, if by not saying anything and not standing up for what's, you know, what's right, which is just letting human beings have the same rights and privileges that we expect for ourselves, that if I don't say anything and if I just sit back and pretend that it's not there, I'm not going to make any change. And so I can be kind. I can still um, call someone out in a kind way and and speak my truth in some small part whether or not that impacts them, it impacts me because I'm now realizing that I have a voice and I have a choice. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all have to just do our part and not get stressed out at how slow this transformation of humanity from whatever we were, you know, a million years ago, whatever we were 200,000 years ago, whatever we were 10,000 years ago or a thousand years ago or 50 years ago. I mean, look at where we've come in 50 years. Right. Uh, people of color, uh, feminism, LGBT issues, right. uh, how we handle people with mental illness, how do we handle people with a, a handicap or a mental disability, like all of those things are, are transforming. And, and again, we go back to biblical times. They treated people who were left-handed like the plague. I mean, look at all of the scriptural canon in the Old Testament about what it means to do something with your left hand rather than your right hand, and yet some people were naturally born. When I was a little kid, Mikkel, I used to color with my left hand, and my dad would continually take the crayon out of my left hand and put it in my right hand, not because there was any shame in being left-handed. He knew how hard the world would be if I was left-handed. He knew it would be more difficult. That they don't make scissors for left-handed people, right? Right. They don't make they don't make certain objects for a left-handed person, and so he kept taking the crayon out of my left hand and putting it in my right. So today I'm right-handed, and it actually worked out great. I, I ended up being somewhat ambidextrous, and it helped me in some of the sports that I played. I could switch hit playing baseball, for instance, and uh, and, and but but again, if we go back to that time, we treated left-handed people like crap, and today to go like, hey, somebody who's left-handed, they're they're weird. They're they're different than us. We should marginalize them and ostracize them. That's nonsense. It is. Um, we've come so far, and we have a long way to go, but we're we're getting there. Yeah, and just like start where you are and do what you can, and be willing to recognize your shadows and do something different. Yeah, and question everything. Right. Question everything. Um, look you find, for the evidence. 
do you find that you're, you, you even question yourself more? Do you find that you're like, why do I do that? Why am I thinking this? Why am I feeling this way? What led me to this conclusion? Do you find that you're even just questioning yourself more, Bill? Oh, last night I, at the drag show, I was about, I started, I, I like said two words of some thing I would, I have done a million times that was unnecessary and would have caused hurt to somebody else around me. And I caught myself two words in and I said, never mind, because I'm in my head going like, wait a minute, stop. You've done this thing this way since, since, you know, 10 years ago, stop doing this. And I caught myself and I said, like, you don't have to do it this way anymore. You can do something different right here. Maybe you'll get it wrong tomorrow, but you can do it different right right now because you're aware of it. Yeah. I'm questioning myself why I do what I do, why I do it the way I do it. Why uh, the, the whole thing about putting the dollar bill in my mouth. Um, I'm in my head going like, why the fuck can't you fucking just put a dollar bill in your mouth, let the person grab it and fucking move on? Like, why do you have to make this a moment where you don't do the right thing because of whatever sensation and turmoil is inside your belly? So the next time I, I try to get you to lean into an experience, you'll just be open? Um, I'm going to, I'm trying, I'm going to try. I'm not going to, I can't promise because I don't want to say like, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to probably fuck it up, but I want to get it right. I want to get it right. I want to be a better human being. It's, and so I've got to start sacrificing my comfort level because we do things the way we do things because it's comfortable. Right, right. Got to get out of our comfort zones. We do. My, Me included. Me included. I've recognized that the last couple of weeks. Like, I really got to lean in a little bit more. What else do we need to hit on? That's. I think that's been a great conversation. It has. It was a lot of fun. We've gone yeah. an hour. 